welcome to Reclaim Your Life with Kate, the podcast where we get rid of stress and overwhelm and reclaim your life. Come on, let me show you how. You're listening to episode number 39, the one where you learn how I got here. This is my story. Hey, how are you? I hope you're having a good day. Uh, I'm taking a deep breath before this one because I am sharing my story. Uh, It's a little bit vulnerable, um, but I wanted to talk with you, share with you about how I got here, uh, hoping that it will, you know, give you some insight into uh, why this is my passion and why becoming a life coach was something that I um, felt like was my purpose in life. Uh, Hopefully it gives you some credibility as to, you know, what I share on here. And I hope it leaves you with uh, hope uh, that things can get better, that you can feel better, that things can actually change in your life, things that you maybe aren't happy with, um, that you can make a difference with some simple tools um, and not these huge major life changes. Um, So that is why I'm sharing all this with you today. So uh, I want you to stay to the end though, okay? So I have a free gift uh, for all of you from me. Uh, that will absolutely change your life. So um, stay till the end so you can find out how to get your free gift. So a little bit about my background, okay? Uh, in my teens and early 20s, I faced some pretty significant mental health challenges. Uh, I did experience anxiety and depression. Uh, I had an eating disorder that I had to go into treatment for. Um, but I was pretty high-functioning, right? I still was able to do very well at school. Uh, I went to college. I went uh, and got my undergrad in psychology and sociology. I went on to graduate school. Uh, After taking a year to work um, with students with autism and their families, I went back to grad school uh, for school psychology and became a school psychologist. So even though I had these struggles, uh, even though I was a complete perfectionist, total people pleaser, (laughs) right, all of these things, I would, you know, I would consider myself high functioning in that I was still able to function, get through my day, you know, do the things that I needed to do, and then also, you know, achieve some pretty big goals that I'd had for myself. But it doesn't mean that it was um, any less difficult just because you're high functioning, right? And you may, you know, hear yourself in some of my story and hear the word high functioning and make it, you know, make it mean that that uh, is less important, right? That because you were able to function with all of these things going on, that it's less meaningful or it was less difficult for you. And that's not what I mean by that. I just mean that a lot of us function uh, and get through our days and meet the goals that we put out for ourselves while still struggling uh, with our mental health, right? So that's what was going on for me, um, you know, during that time, early early 20s, right? And then I married very young. I was 23. I mean, when, when I think about that, like I was, we were babies, but I, you know, married young at age 23 and I was the breadwinner. I, and I knew going into that relationship, I knew going into that marriage that I was always going to be the one that was probably, um, making the most money and carrying the health insurance and, you know, providing those kind of stable things that a family needs And I was fine with that. I took that on as my role, but again, very high functioning, even though I had all of these other things going on. And I had my first baby right after I turned 
31. Um, so I had Parker, my oldest. And I did experience, I shared on another um, episode, I forget which number it was, but the one I did about mom rage. Uh, I did have some postpartum after having Parker that I really did not seek treatment for. I really tried to just um, push it down, ignore it, kind of like pull myself up on my bootstraps, right? I'll get through this. Uh, there's no need to, to do anything about it. Um, when I had my second, when I had my youngest, Brooks, I was in a much better place. Um, I just, you know, I don't know if you know, sometimes a lot of this comes with age. I was just older. I felt a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. And I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't having the difficulties that I had after my first. Now, they also did sleep differently. So my first never slept. Uh, I was up I think almost every two hours for the first eight months of his life. And then my second was a really good sleeper. And that makes a world of difference in how you function as a mom. But um, I was just, I was in a, a better place. And I had, um, I had him right before I turned 35. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, we have two healthy kids. I'm in a much better place. Um, we had moved out closer to my job. So I wasn't having such a long commute that I, you know, had been having. We were closer to my family. Uh, things were like, I thought things were okay. And then my now ex-husband, uh, left us, uh, when my oldest was four and the baby was about eight months old and it absolutely destroyed me as you would imagine. Um, completely devastated, felt completely sideswiped, just felt so broken. Didn't know how I was going to do this. How was I going to raise these two kids on my own? Uh, and it was a really, really, really dark, tough time for us. Uh, a few months later, about four or five months later, we actually reconciled and we remained reconciled for about four years uh, until, you know, he decided to leave again. Uh, and so that was the final time and we did move forward with the divorce and are now divorced. Um, you know, and that was um, a really just hard pill to swallow that this was happening again when I thought that I had, you know, we thought we had grown and made amends and reconciled and we're going to stick, you know, stick, stick in it for the long haul and, you know, continue to work on this relationship and have it grow and, you know, raise our kids together. And, um, that was just a huge, um, a huge blow, uh, to go through that again. And then that panic really set in again. Like, how am I going to do this on my own uh, with these two these two kids? And you know, obviously, as we all do, we want to be the best mom, right? We want to be the best partner, the best mom, the best us. We want to be able to show up for them uh, in a way that you know we make sure that we raise them to be healthy, resilient, strong, successful kids. And here I am thinking, there's no way I can do that on my own now, right? Um, so a lot of the things that were, uh, kind of in my past, as far as, you know, anxiety, depression, um, the perfectionist tendencies, the people pleasing, the horrible self-talk, uh, all of that sort of resurfaced and came up again. I had kind of been pushing it down and ignoring it and just, you know, oh, I can get through it. It's okay. And it all sort of came to the surface. Um, so there was a lot going on. I felt like I was failing at everything. Everything just felt so hard, like harder than it needed to be. 
Um, and this was even before, you know, he had decided to, to leave um, that second time. I was just kind of, you know, miserable. I was super overstimulated by the kids. I would snap at them and get short with them. I was so exhausted that I just kind of crashed after work at the end of the day. Um, I remember I would sit in my car sometimes in the driveway and just kind of dread having to go in. Like I just didn't even want to go in the door because I knew that the second full-time job started at that point, right? Where it was just, you're constantly needed. There's just constant kind of chaos and noise and overstimulation. And it, you know, there were just some times where it was really hard to get out of the car and go into the house. Um, I really had to like psych myself up for it. Um, and, you know, I wasn't in a very supportive relationship, so I didn't necessarily have that support, which was a big part of it. Um, but all these other things were going on too that just made it so exhausting to even think about um, doing this over and over, day after day, right? Like without anything changing or getting better. So I, during this time, I also just thought I needed something outside of me, right? I needed to um, try a new workout, right? If I would just lose weight, if I could get on a meal plan, um, then everything would be great. I would be happy. I would have energy. I would have energy. Everything would be great. Nobody would be upset, right? <laughs> the kids would never tantrum. Um, everything would be perfect, right? And then you get it in your mind, or at least I did, um, if I just have a gratitude journal, right? If I journal in the morning, then everything will be perfect and happy. Oh, if I organize my home, if I get everything super decluttered and organized and, you know, everything has a place where it needs to be, then, oh, that's when it will click and everything will be perfect and happy and everything will be good. Um, then it was, oh, I need to have a side hustle, right? I need to have a business to make extra money. If we have extra money to do things, do activities with the kids, do things as a, a family, go on vacations, that'll do it. That's absolutely the key for this perfection that I was striving for, this you know, story that I have in my head that everything would be great, everyone would be happy, and there would be no issues, right? So you can see the pattern there was I was always sort of seeking something outside of me. But the kicker is <laughs> my brain was still the same, right? My thoughts were still the same that were leading to my feelings. Uh, nothing was changing there with those patterns and how I was showing up, right? It, all of these things were outside of me. Part of that was thinking that if other people would just change, then again, we would get this perfect life, where everybody is happy and nothing goes wrong, right? If my husband would just be more supportive, if he would help out more around the house, if my kids were just better well-behaved, then everything would be perfect, right? So you can see, again, it was just me looking outside of me for the key, right? That one thing that's going to just make everything go smoothly and no one's ever going to have any bad days again, right? And I wasn't doing anything about me, which is literally the only thing that I can control is me and my behavior and my actions and how I show up and my thoughts. And I wasn't doing any of that, right? So even though I tried all these things outside of me, my brain was still the same. So again, you know, I was, you know, still coming up with these hurdles um, that were, um, you know, really difficult to, to get through. And, you know, you kind of dreaded uh, experiencing them each day. So, you know, it wasn't working. So I realized I needed to do something different. And this is when I sought life coaching, right? This is when I really started to get coached 
and learn those tools to help me get out of the situation and show up differently, show up as the better version of myself and who I wanted to be. I researched and I read books and I actually implemented the tools that I learned, right? I actually tried them. So I didn't buy a gratitude journal. I started to change my thoughts, right? I didn't um, buy the new workout plan and meal plan container system again, right? Because I already did all that. Um, I didn't buy a new workout program. I set boundaries, right? I showed myself compassion. I didn't expect anyone in my life to change. They just are who they are. But what I started to do was show myself compassion and get curious. I paid attention to me, my thoughts, my feelings, my energy, my bandwidth, what was coming up for me, what story was I telling myself. I started to focus inward, right? And that's when everything started to change. That's when things started to improve. Now, of course, I realized that that perfect life where nobody ever gets upset, no bad days, right? Everybody's happy isn't a reality, right? It doesn't exist. And it also isn't something that you want, right? The boys and I actually talk a lot about how uh, we almost need the bad days in order for the good days to be so awesome, right? You kind of need that polarity in life. That is what life is. That is the human experience. It doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. That's being a human. And I was really trying to avoid being a human. (laughs) I wanted the perfection, uh, always in, in a happy state, Um, always joyful, always present, you know, all of that. And so when I started to do this work, I realized that I was striving something that doesn't, striving for something that that doesn't exist. And then by implementing these tools, I was able to actually get more of what I was seeking, more joy, more presence. Uh, I had less guilt, less stress. Uh, I was better connected. You know, my relationships improved. Uh, I talked to myself and treated myself so much better. I actually did things that were realistic self-care, like I talk a lot about. It's you know not bubble baths. It's setting a boundary for yourself. It's meeting your basic needs, showing yourself compassion. I was able to actually have realistic self-care practices. I was able to respond instead of react. Um, now, this is not every single time, right? I'm, I'm not a robot. But much more often than not, I'm able to re- uh, respond to something instead of just react to it. I stopped looking for everything outside of me to be the solution. And I just felt lighter. Could you imagine just being able to feel lighter? Just drop the heaviness of everything that you feel is on your plate and on your shoulders to fix and solve and make perfect. That's what it was like. I just started to feel lighter. And I started to you know, not be able to wait to run into the house when I pulled into the driveway, right? It was such a huge difference that I was like, this is it. I have to do this and share this with other moms, um, other women that, you know, have the weight of the world on themselves, feel like they are failing at everything, feel like they are dropping all of the balls that they're juggling in the air. They're dropping every single one of them and they don't know what to do about it. They think the solution is outside of them, right? And I want to offer to you that this is all available to you too, right? These tools are sometimes so simple that you don't think that they will work or benefit you, um, but they really do. And I've taught a lot of them. I mean, this is the 39th episode, right? A lot of the tools 
um, that I use daily and that I was, you know, learning and doing during this time, I teach on here. That's what I, that's what I teach you on the podcast and on my social media and, you know, my weekly emails. That's what I'm trying to share with you that really became my purpose. Because when you start to show up for you, you're able to show up as who you want to for everyone else, right? But we think it's the other way around. We think that we have to show up for everyone else in this perfect way. And then, you know, we will feel good. We will feel lighter. We will feel less stress. And it just doesn't work that way. So um, I want to offer that to you, okay? Because you don't have to do this alone, right? You may listen to my podcast or see one of my posts or get one of my emails and think, oh, yeah, that's, that makes sense. And, you know, I, I could see how that is something that I could do. And then you just feel like you don't even know where to start. You don't know how to incorporate that into your life. Because um, sometimes you might think, oh, well, that's great for her. Um, you know, that works for her because of A, B, and C. That would never work for me, right? Or I can't possibly do that. I can't possibly set a boundary because people would be upset with me. And I don't know how to handle that, right? So you don't need to do this alone, right? You don't have to feel needed by everyone else and have to be um, productive every second of your day to feel like you are worthy and like you are showing up how you want to, right? So I am offering you a free call with me. And I guarantee after this phone call, you're going to walk away lighter. You're going to have that feeling of that heaviness just lift off of you. Even if it's for that short phone call that we're together, you will walk away feeling lighter. And when was the last time you were actually able to feel lighter and not have the weight of everything on you? So that is my free gift to you. It is a phone call with me where you don't have to answer to anyone. No one is going to need you when we are on that phone call. You don't have to be productive on that phone call. You can't fail on that phone call. It is just us having a conversation and you walk away feeling lighter and feeling more hopeful that you can change some things in your life to be more present, feel more joy, and get rid of the mom guilt and the shoulds, okay? So I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to schedule your call. Uh, I can't wait to chat with you. So like I always say on here, please reach out. Let me know if you related to my story at all. Uh, I really appreciate you listening, and uh, I can't wait to get on a phone call with you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, it's Kate again. If what we talk about here on the podcast resonates with you, you will love my three ways to get rid of overwhelm guide. I've put together my top three favorite tools to get rid of stress and overwhelm today. You can start doing them as soon as you download it. It's super easy. Just go to reclaimwithkate.com forward slash get rid of overwhelm. No spaces. Again, that's reclaimwithkate.com forward slash get rid of overwhelm. And I'll also put the link in the show notes. I can't wait to hear how this helps you. Talk soon.